Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Shema Sereni Tigorokov, your host, and today coming from Missouri, we have Christina Schultz. Hi, thank you so much for having me here today. So Christina has spent most of her life battling depression, anxiety, and PTSD, which stemmed from severe trauma. She found herself repeating the same toxic cycles with no end in sight. Once she realized that repeating the same unhelpful methods over and over again was never going to magically work, she finally opened herself up to unconventional methods of healing and began to follow her intuition. After becoming a RTT hypnotherapist, she realized she could reach a level of healing that she never thought possible when she combined her knowledge of energy healing and herbology alongside RTT. She later decided to broaden her knowledge and became a certified as a meditation instructor, EFT practitioner, and in pranayama. Having such personal success, she centers her practice around the same methods she used to heal herself, allowing her to help women break free from their own vicious cycles and take their lives back. Thank you so much, Christina, for being here with us today. Thank you. All right. So, Christina, my first question for you. Can you please tell us a little bit of your journey as we are really addressing victims hiding in plain sight when they have the chance to hear the kind of obstacles you did overca- you did overcome, then they can relate to you. So give us a little bit, a, a few, pick a few of these big things that happened that are traumatic and you did overcome. Yeah, well, first I think it's important to start with my back, my where I grew up, how I grew up, my family, I was known for violence. It was, you know, we were a group of fighters, all my aunts and my uncles. And the way my family expressed love was by belittling and being violent to each other. So, you know, it wasn't uncommon for them to be like, hey, I love you, fatty, or you know, something like that, or, you know, beating on each other. That was a normal seat. That was what I knew. Um, I also, you know, my father was an addict and an alcoholic, so he was not around often. Um, very loving man would give the shirt off his back, but he was an addict, you know, they're only there so much. My mother, um, she... She was a very angry woman. She had me very young. And as I got older, the anger became more violently directed towards me. Um, it was not uncommon for, for her to be uncomfortable with my feelings and take it out on me physically. So um, when I was with my mom, that, that happened frequently. Often she would ship me off to family members to stay for a year, the summer, whatever it may be. But that background led me into a cycle that I just continued to repeat as an adult. I left my mom's home when I was 15, 14 or 15. I shortly 
lived with my dad at my grandma's house. I had no supervision. My dad was an alcoholic and an addict. So I just roamed free and did what I thought was best. Well, I found myself in a relationship where there was a lot of sexual, um, I can't even think of the word, not even misconduct. It was, it was a very bad toxic situation for me. So I had this man who had me do things to him in front of other groups of men. And, um, eventually it led to him no longer knowing what the word no meant. Uh, that only lasted a few years. I left him and I was like, ah, I'm going to do so much better. I'm going to be, you know, I met this great guy. We, you know, it started off amazing. He ended up being an addict. Shocker. And he eventually, it became abusive. I ended up, I was 19 got pregnant with his kid he would when he would come home it was violent we would always fight he was abusive um that led on for about three and a half years uh the final straw was uh we were living we had moved the goal was oh we're gonna move away and everything's gonna be better because we're out of the environment i ended up moving about seven hours away closer to my grandpa one night after a fight my fiance had hit me in the face and I had a big old fat lip my grandpa saw it and was like no that's it we're done so he packed me up shipped me across state and he's like this is not gonna happen this is not gonna happen to my grandkid and I lived with my mom found myself in these other toxic relationships you know trying to trying to find that love that love that I knew which was violence in and covered in addiction um I was also drinking heavily at the time I as a teenager I used I used pills pills I loved my pills and smoking weed um but as I got older it just went into hard drinking um Eventually, after time, I I met my daughter's father. We got married. That was very short-lived. He was a very nice guy. It just wasn't right. Because in my mind, I had an idea of what a relationship should be like. That That's how I grew up, and that's what I wanted. Uh, eventually, after I divorced my, my daughter's father, I met Prince Charming. The tall, dark, handsome man. You know, he was business. He was suave. Very smart. Uh, He gave me all the beautiful things that I always wanted to hear. So we, I was, my plan was to do things right. So we started off very slow. I, you know, didn't introduce him to my daughter for a very long time. I moved in almost, it was almost a year until we moved in with each other. Um, and then things kind of shifted. I realized that the fun drinking nights we had together was a normalcy for him. That wasn't just on the nights that we were together. It was every night. And while I, I rarely drank, he was drinking heavily. 
it was not uncommon for him to drink 12, 16 beers a night and get completely wasted. In my mind, though, I loved him. He loved me. That was normal. I grew up that way. Alcohol wasn't foreign to me. That was just what men do. Until after a while, he would get so drunk that he would tell me things that he wished he wished that I was his ex. Or he wished that I was as pretty as these other women in his life. And he gave me the whole song and dance in the mornings when I would confront him and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, that was, that's not how I feel. And me just wanting that love, I just believed it. After a while, it progressed, of course, of course, because it always does. It became into a lot of fighting. We would do the breakup thing and then get back together and, you know, within a matter of a day. And then it became by from uh yelling and arguing it became just shoving and he would shove me i i'm you know not an angel i shoved him back sometimes it's i mean i'm not gonna lie but those shoving ended up into more shoving more you know one night he pinned me up against the dryer had me bent over backwards with his hand around my throat threatening me because I had a positive pregnancy test. (laughs) So after him getting just, the drinking was more and more and the more fights. And eventually after a couple of years, I was like, I am done. I can't do this. I, he was drinking so much that he couldn't even go to work anymore. So I, Decided enough was enough. I text him after a fight one morning while I was at work. I was like, listen, I'm coming home. I am going to pack up my stuff. I'm grabbing my dogs. We're, you know, me and my kid, we're moving out. I'm done. Well, when I got home, he, of course, did not go to work. I got home around three or four and he was completely wasted. He could barely walk. He walks up to my car. I open up the back hatch. And he's yelling at me and we're fighting and I'm telling him I'm leaving him. I can't do it anymore. I was, I was tired. I was emotionally drained. And he took, he had a beer bottle in his hand, swung it, hit me up the side, up against the side of my face. And instantly I could feel everything just explode. Um, it, we, we kind of scuffled for a few minutes there. I somehow managed to make it on the porch and I'm wearing heels, mind you. <laughs> and I just this little five two girl and he's six four and he overpowers me and I'm trying I make it up to this porch and he he gets in front of me and I shoved him out of my way. Well he tumbled down, gets back up, grabs me and just starts eating on me until he gets me up against the house and he's strangling me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm done. I had my adrenaline was flowing, but I was like, the, I, I can't. I'm not going to win. And then a light just shifted in his eyes. It was, it was the craziest thing and I will never forget it. It just, it was like somebody just flipped a light switch and he walked away and he was done and everything was calm and 
I call my mom. She calls the police. Uh, she had my daughter that day. She calls the police. Or um, they come and the cops, you know, of course, walk up to him. They're like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "I don't know. She just walked into the house that way. I don't know what happened." So they arrest him. And the thing is, that wasn't even the bad part for me. I was used to violence. I was an angry, violent teenager. You know, that that was not the worst part at all. What the worst part for me was afterward, he, you know, he goes to jail. He gets released. He's waiting trial. There's a restraining order. And he continued to contact me. I love you. I'm so sorry. I want to change. You know, you're the, you know, he proposed to me after this. He would, you know, he, he was going to change. And the mental confusion and exhaustion and, you know, knowing consciously the right thing, but subconsciously I had created this cycle and you know I was battling with myself and one day he showed up in the middle of the night completely hammered I was asleep he woke me up screaming at the door to let him in and that was the part that was what got me the most it wasn't the physical stuff the physical stuff my face healed my body healed you know the bruises went away but that mental oh my gosh I still love him I you know I always thought of myself as a very strong woman. You know, I've been through a lot. And that, but I crumbled with that relationship after everything that happened, the, the mind games, you know, after so long of him telling me I just wasn't good enough and he wished I was somebody else. And then that being my source of happiness where it was an addiction, he would, you know, treat me horribly and then give me a glimpse of love and happiness when people are around. So it was this never ending cycle that I just had become accustomed to. And losing that was messed me up for a very long time. After he went to prison, I am, I met another man thought it was my rebound. You know, I thought, Oh, I like him so much. He's semi so great. Turned out he was an addict. He was mentally he was mentally abusive. You know, he used his children. He would threaten his children's lives to get to, you know, to get to me. And so every step of the way, I'm telling myself I'm going to be better. I'm healing. I read all the self-help books. You know, with every relationship, I, I do all the things that you hear about. You know, all the things to be better, to find a better man, you know, to focus on yourself. And it just never worked. I always ended up finding myself in these cycles. So, Christine, I have a question for you listening to that because that so many of us can relate. This is why you, you can see me chuckle because it's like, oh, God, you too. Oh, God, yes, I totally understand. Oh, no, not that. I know these things. This is why it's like, oh, I understand. There is a moment in time when you just cannot take it anymore, but not in a way that you are just going to leave him, in a way that you understand you have to take back the power on yourself and you have to heal that part of you that keeps on attracting that 
is there a moment in time that shifted for you or is it built up over time and then you you went to RTT? So it was actually after the, 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 I had to essentially run out of state to get away from the guy that used his children against me. I am, I, my employer at the time, I will never not thank them, be able to thank them enough, but, um, they helped me basically run out of town. I ended up going up to Northern Idaho and I found myself repeating the same cycles there too. It didn't matter if I changed cities or, you know, read a self-help book. It, I repeated the same thing. But the moment, the defining moment for me was I was working in an ER. Um, my dad had just passed away. COVID had just, you know, started and my daughter was living or staying with my mom for the summer because I just worked so much and school was out and but my father had just died and I was sitting alone and I realized that I can't I can't do it I had hit rock bottom the most depressed I'd ever been in my life I mean I had had suicidal issues randomly throughout my life but that was rock bottom for me I even found myself writing out a will for my daughter. Um, but I realized I couldn't, I was doing the same things over and over and over again, hoping for different results. I was not getting to what was really going on. And when that first refund check came, that, that stimulus check came, I used it. I jumped in my car and I was like, I'm just going to drive until I find a home. I don't know where it is. I'm just going to drive. I ended up in this little town in Centralia, Washington. Never heard of it before. But when I got there, I realized this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. That week, I had found an apartment. I quit my job at the hospital in Idaho. And I um, started a life there. I was like, this is going to be different. I don't care what it takes. No men. Things are going to be different. And as I'm sitting on my bed, there was like a light bulb went off one morning. And I had just, the word hypnotherapy popped into my head. Never. That was never on my radar, but it just popped into my head. And then later that evening, an ad popped up on my phone for RTT. And so I called them and that was it. That was what led me to my healing journey to being able to help so many other people. It's just been a domino effect, but it was, I had to really hit rock bottom for me to realize that everything I was doing, I was just continuing the same cycles. I, yeah, I was repeating things and thinking, oh, this time it's going to be different. That is the definition of crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I just really had to hit rock bottom and follow my gut, follow the universe where it was taking me. And I just, I just, oh, and followed my intuition. This is it. This is it. When you really understand the power of your mind, when you become attuned to the spiritual realm that is around us and interacts with us, with ideas, with, with direction, with suddenly the light switch on and it's like, okay, nothing happens. 
this is all the spiritual realm working with us on us all the time, constantly. And suddenly it just clicks. And by having followed your prompt to discover rapid transformation technique with Marisa Peer, you have completely taken over your life. Because now you were able to say, okay, now I understand. Take a big step back. Okay, so because, 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 and then heal, 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 heal all the layers and really make things different from that moment on. Well, yeah, and it, so in RTT, it's not your standard hypnotherapy. You go back into moments of your life. Sometimes you remember them, sometimes you don't. In my sessions, I had um, multiple sessions. And I kept going back to one scene where I, I was, it was my birthday. I was about four or five years old. It was my birthday. My dad had made me a fort out of this old refrigerator box. And I was sitting in it with my Teddy Ruxpin. If anybody remembers Teddy Ruxpin, I was I'm sitting in that box. I could hear everybody outside being happy. All my family, aunt, uncles, grandma, grandpa. My grandma was in the kitchen cooking. It was just a good day from what I remembered. But through RTT, I realized that my where it all started, the root of my feeling that I'm not enough to these cycles was listening to my grandma and grandpa fight about how she spent too much money on my birthday, which my little mind took it as I just wasn't good enough. I wasn't enough, you know, I wasn't enough to be loved, to deserve that good, you know, that happiness, that joy that everybody's having. And that I was a problem. That coupled with, so that that root belief coupled with all the things I was saying throughout my life just created that vicious cycle. But I kept going back to that one scene in every session. And it, it's crazy, those little moments in your life. So where you, you, you don't even think anything of it, but it actually forms massive beliefs. And that's how a lot of women get to where they are it is true it is true when we did all the um, all the work i experienced the same going back to those same specific events how maybe three or four in your early childhood and it's like okay which one was it this time oh this one yes we know it okay so let's go back there and let's heal it again transform it again make another sense and meet your youngest self in a meditation state to to tell her how it actually was meant to be understood. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, you know, a common theme that I find in women, and I do see a lot of women who have history of domestic abuse. They're sessions always revert back to the smallest simplest event you know arguing with a parent or being scared in their bedroom at night it's always little things that create these beliefs that lead us into these vicious cycles and it's it it's important to get to those root cause 
you can do all the conscious work, but if you're not doing the subconscious work, finding out where it all started, you're never really going to be able to truly overcome those obstacles. See the exact, I tried for, I mean, nine and a half years of healing, I guarantee you. Many times over, I was there. I'm healed, I'm done, everything is okay. Life is good. And the next trigger would just come right there. And the next layer come right there. And the next time I'm totally devastated again, right there. It's like, can that stop? Well, our minds too, there's, I mean, there's so many different aspects to it. I mean, it's important you get to the root cause, but that root cause leads, it's like a domino effect. So you, your, your mind becomes comfortable in these terrible situations, right? This is what it knows. So often us women, we're like, when we're looking for something different and we see something that's potentially a better situation, our gut, or we feel like, oh, no, I'm not attracted to that. No, that's, that, no, it doesn't feel right. It's uncomfortable, whatever it may be. That's our brain saying, we're used to this stuff. We're used to this bad stuff, the trauma, the toxicity, whatever it may be. This does not look like what we're used to so it's bad you don't want it if that we keep doing the same thing it, and we just don't know better be, because it's happening on, on a subconscious level exactly so christina you are a professional at helping other heal and this is why we are such a good match on this real talk real women breaking the silence around abuse show sure. Because we have in the audience people who are hurting and looking for answers and looking for healing and sometimes looking to stay in the abusive relationship but still do something to heal because it hurts. You know, it's hard. It's super hard. So uh, how can people reach out to you? So you can go to my website. Uh, it's www.christinaj snl.com and what does snl stands for it's my my llc uh, christina j's natural life okay. i do center my 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 practice around uh, herbology energy work and hypnotherapy i like the natural stuff that's where i find the most results with my clients um but you can go there you can find more information on me the services that I provide. Very good. And uh, so in the description, I'm also making sure that all the links are there so that even when you update them, we update them over time as well to make sure people can reach out to you because you really bring so much goodness to the table. Very, very grateful to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to be here and speak with you and, and, you know, hopefully reach somebody out there and let them know that it's not always going to be this way. You can change it. Yes, like can. Life can be amazing. Mm. You just have to get to the root of it all. Exactly. And and heal the original so that the today changes. Yeah. Exactly. And it can be amazing. I, I promise. I never thought I was going to be a girl that had things, good things in my life. And if I can change my life, 
anybody can. Absolutely. Thank you, Christina. We see you next time. Absolutely amazing to talk to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.